G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. You love them. We love them. It's time for a team reveal. Giving away all our secrets. Let's go. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined, as usual, by Luke Rogerson, uh, coach of the uh, Mighty Ox Longs. Luke Hatt, sometimes referred to as... Oh, go by whatever you want to call me, mate. But uh, team reveal time. Team reveal time. I hope you've, closed your, hope you've closed your naughty tabs because <laughs> yeah, no tabs we're, this week. we're going to be screen sharing and I don't want anybody no funky surprises. business going no, on. No so. surprises, mate. It's, uh, it's all clean slate here. No, nothing to nothing to, to worry about. Why do we continue to shamelessly reveal our teams when we know they're going to change 5,000 times? Uh, hey, 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 no, no. This is the Hilux winning team right here, oh, mate. Right. This is but junior. you told me last team was Hilux winning team and it's changed since then. The, the future is always changing, Luke. It's, oh. <laughs> it's ever changing. Thanks. But, but no, this is, this is just a sort of a snapshot of where we are right now yep. um, and pre-community series games, which are starting this week. After the first round of uh, match simulations, this is where we're sitting at. Level with me. How many changes did you make to your team based on the match sims? I did make a few. I, I want to say I probably made oh, one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven. Three, maybe... Yeah, three and maybe a rookie shuffle. Okay, um, well, there was a little, there was a little bit to see. If you haven't checked out a previous yeah. video, we do a little bit of a, a run through of what we saw in the match sim. So there's a little bit to see, but yes. we're still at this stage, kind of, you know, taking everything, um, you know, yeah. with, a, with a pinch of salt, like you've said. Well, so. we're still, we're still looking at a few things, and obviously things are still going to change in the upcoming practice matches. Then also in round yeah. zero, which we'll be obviously covering very closely. Um, just a quick shout out before we get stuck into the podcast, guys. Those of you watching over on YouTube. And I think there'll be a few of you guys, if you haven't already, give our podcast a subscribe because we are ever so close, Luke, yeah. Yeah. to the elusive 2,000 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed, please consider subscribing. Hit that button. Hit that notification bell as well because we're going to be pumping out still plenty of content this preseason and well into the pre- well into the actual season. And on that note, guys, um, a lot of love already coming through the community about our live show, which will be happening pre-round one. Um, there'll be a link down at the bottom of this description on YouTube and also on the podcast feed. If you want to click that, go to the landing page, hit that like button on that video. We're going to make it the biggest show in the preseason and the more likes we can get on there, the better. We want to try and get to 100 first. I reckon we could even aim higher, but let's tick that 100 box off first. Do you know what we're up to off the top of your head? I think we're, we're at 60 even just after a couple days. So uh, okay. yeah, get, nice. get the likes in there, guys. We're going to make it a big, big show and then uh, mark it on your calendars. 5 p.m. Melbourne time, the first Friday of the season. Uh, come join us for some beers. It'll be it'll be a cracker. Yeah, beautiful. All right, let's uh, should let's we, not. Should we screen share? Yeah, let's go. Oh. Let's go. Close close the tabs. Oh, they're not there. Okay, uh, okay. All, right. all safe, mate. All I'll, let, safe. I'll give this over to you. You can get in the driver's yeah, seat. Yeah, we're gonna we're getting the driver's seat, and we'll we'll bring up the teams here. So similar sort of structure to how we did last time. I'll I'll go through and reveal my team. Um, should I reveal a full six first? And yeah, then... I think that worked well last time. Yeah, all right. Let's let, let's go through it. So okay. straight away, compared to my last team, we've got a difference. We do. <laughs> we've Talk got to a us. Different player. 
at D1, and this is one of the changes I made after the preseason games, and it is our boy, the She's comes here. Our, at our D1. boy, haven't spoken to him. Our boy, <laughs> my boy. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> haven't spoken about him once, and now he's your boy. Well, look, he was obviously everyone's boy last year when we started with he him was. as the the cash cow extraordinaire that he was, but. He, he came out in the practice match and just reminded everyone what he can do. And more yeah. importantly, he showed us the role that we are hoping he's going to be playing more of, which is a little bit of midf- midfield time, but a yeah. lot of half-back time, which um, he can, we know we, he can score very well in. I think that was the, the main question mark, wasn't it, going into this year, was not necessarily whether he's a... a caliber of play that can go at 105 you know even 110 it was more to do with the fact that we kind of thought McKercher coming in and potentially taking that role meant that she's might play mid and forward time and that obviously worried a lot of people but word coming out of North Melbourne is at least for the foreseeable future in the start of the year that she's across half back and god he made it look good on the weekend he sure did and I I will say like the the D1 of Sheasel here is definitely a bit of a structure change for my team and and it was part how he looked, but also in part of who was previously in my D4 slot. Okay. Uh, because I did have Marcus Windhager there beforehand, and he obviously has now broken beforehand. his hand. <laughs> beforehand, yes, very good. I'm so good at the accidental You, uh, you are good, mate. Uh, uh, but for it. He, he broke his hand, and even before that, I had Heath Chapman in my D4 spot. Uh, so... Uh, Sounds like my D four spot's a bit of a bit of a curse okay, right now. Who's in there now? We'll have to find you, out. You don't want to know. Uh, oh no! So, yes. Yeah, so um, that's a bit of a reshuffle. So I've gone up a little bit instead of that cheaper player. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm still not 100 percent on the structure of the defensive line, but Sheasel sits in D one right now. At D two, I have the guy that was previously at D one in Tom Stewart. Um, so he is someone I still like him. Look. There's a world where I start with just one of these two and the next few games in the preseason or the next game in the preseason might help me determine that. But he's sitting there at D3. And then the lock of all locks, our boy. This one is actually our boy. Hayden Young is still sitting there strong at uh, D3. Not worried about him moving back into the fence in that little patch there in the, the practice game. I think they were just kind of experimenting by then. We definitely um, kind of felt that way, didn't we? we? We felt like the first quarter was kind of what we were expecting, and, yeah. and then from that point, it kind of... You started all... to see Erasmus a bit in there more. Mm. Will Brody popped his head in there a little bit as well, so I, I can't see them all going through there. I think it was just kind of making room for them to have a crack. Hayden Young can't disappoint us again, so get him in I feel teams. like I feel like even if he does, you know, it'll be just a fun ride anyway, because last year was a fun <laughs> ride. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Very Your fun. idea of fun, right? Eh? This is what I meant when I say you don't want to know who's in this cursed spot because I do have the injured member of the, uh, the, the, the player of the year, really, of the injured team, the all-injured <laughs> team, in Elliot Yo sitting at my D4 spot, which, like I said, it's been a revolving door so far. Um, yeah. So he sits there at D4. He has been as high as D3 for me. Uh, I liked what I saw. I liked the fact he played the full game in the practice match. Um, so, yeah. Did nothing to dissuade me there. D5, I have... uh, Who have I got there? This player who hasn't played a practice game yet, and I'm starting to make plans, or at least backup plans, if he's not going to be there in round zero. Okay. Um, In Zach Williams. But still, for now, the talk is that he might get... You know, a bit of a run in the next practice match. And if he is there round zero, we'll have more information. Uh, So he still sits there right now. And then 
The last player here, which I think is different from my last team, but it's a similar type of player in Nick Caulfield. Last time, I think I had Marty Hall there, but he doesn't look like he's going to crack the yeah. the opening uh, team in round one. So Nick Caulfield sits there. I've got a couple of rookies in, on the bench that are pretty popular. Dan Curtin, and I've also got Uland from the Gold Coast Suns. Uland. Just, uh, just someone I think that compared to some of the other cheaper key defenders, I think he is someone who's going to score a little bit more. No idea if he's going to be there. He's kind of a bit of a bit of a placeholder right now because our defensive rookies are a little bit stocks are a bit low on those guys yeah so. and, and let's let's be honest a lot of the bench rookies at the moment are placeholders still we, yeah we, I mean we're, we're starting to try and pick through the ones that we you know we like the look of but we are. We, we've we, got the little star on a few but it yes. really does come down to what happens in the next couple of weeks yes. as to who and opening round especially because Bodie Ullen will play if he is there he will play in that open round for the Suns so he sits there right now at D6 how does this look compared to your team well this is where people are going to just straight shut the video down and go this is ridiculous because my on-field team in defence looks exactly the same as yours but I, I can assure people don't don't uh, quit on us just yet because there are some uh, some differences in our team as we go through to the other lines but let's, I do think this will be a very popular kind of structure well, we, we feel like obviously we had a chat with Jepper a couple of weeks ago and it was a good chat because he talked about the fact that we probably need to go a little bit deeper in our defensive yeah. lines this year because uh, of the lack of you know Value performing options, rookies really, yeah well, let's given that our teams are the same in this line, let's let's have a bit of a talk about that Zach Williams position. What yeah, if, if so if you were to not go with Zach Williams, are you going up? Are you going where, where are you going with that? Uh, I'd then start to look in like the Connor Butterick okay. direction. He is maybe what seventy k more, so that's someone I might have a look at. If there is someone that pops his head up down a bit cheaper, if there is a rookie that I like the look of, although. I don't know if I see that happening. There's yeah. something you can look at there. Some people have suggested like a Massimo D'Ambrosio. I don't really think that that's going to be a high-scoring position. So yeah. Connor Buderick is kind of the guy that okay. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully sidewaysing to. I want to pose a hypothetical question back to you. Yeah. Zach Williams, he doesn't play round zero. He's named round one. No. You're not picking him? Well, that, I mean... I don't think I'd pick him either. That to me like is is the... You're going to get burnt. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you don't, but it just feels to me like if you do it and things go wrong, well, the only person you have to blame is yourself. Like yeah. we talk, and we he's talk got about, the round two bye. Yeah, well, I guess we talk about all these these kind of um, philosophies that you should go by, and, and every year there's that tempting player that oh, well, they didn't quite get through it. Oh, they yeah. just had that niggling hamstring injury, and that to me would just kind of be like. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who was the there was a player of, that legitimately. I think it was. Was it Brody Smith or it was, it was someone a couple of years ago that did this exact thing? And oh no, it was Wayne Miller. Uh, yeah, yeah, Miller. He 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 popped his head in. No one expected him to be there, um, and he was named round one. We kind of considered him earlier and yeah. went, "That's a great price. Let's get him in." And he kind of sucked. So um, I think if that were the case, I wouldn't want to go there. And again, he's 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 good because he's got that early buy, and he goes the double price rise if yeah. he plays round zero. If he doesn't play round zero... You lose that benefit you, anyway. You're not even going to get him. He's not going to go up that much after one price movement. That yeah. You can just have a look, I think. So, yeah, I think if he doesn't play round zero, we put a line through him. So, that's the, the chat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
there. Beautiful. All right, let's swing to the midfield because we, we do have a, at least a couple of differences here in the midfield. We so. do. Now, I didn't love what I saw. However, I am sticking fat with Andrew Brayshaw as my M1. I believe the last team revealed I had Jordan Dawson at M1, which is another player that I'm still looking at, but I've just changed my structure up a little bit so that I'm one shallower in my midfield in terms of the cheaper price points. So uh, I've got Andrew Brayshaw there. He would be someone that I would want to be my captain option. Uh, I love his round 13 buy, and uh, I love his high floor. So only one game below 90 all season last year, and that was in that section where he was a bit sore and hobbled. So... This is an, I reckon this is an interesting one for the comments. I want to know what people thought of what they saw on... Uh, it was Saturday night, wasn't it? Uh, in yeah. the um, Frio West Coast. A bit of wing time there. in that second quarter. Yeah, I want to know what people think about the wing time because that was something we sat there and discussed and, and although we we sort of said, hey, in the second quarter, it probably wasn't exactly what we think is going to be Frio's starting squad or starting positions, is it enough cause for concern that Brayshaw spent a bit of time on the wing? I'd like yeah. to see what people have to say about that. I think it's something... It might not be everything. It might be nothing, to be fair. But I think it's definitely it's it's a data point. But yeah. I don't necessarily think that you know, like if we see the total, you know, if we see him pure inside mid in the next practice match, and everything else looks a bit more, you know, realistic or so, what they're yeah. going to do, I'd probably give that more credence and sort of go there. But look, if the trend continues, then obviously we have to make note, but it is still just one data point. For now, he's in there. Would it be fair um, to say that it sort of left you a little bit Bray unsure? All right, at D and M2, <laughs> I have Zach Butters. Uh, you just go for the straight ignore now. I don't even get crickets. No, I just get ignored. Don't, don't get crickets. Bro, I'm underappreciated on this pod. Zach Butters comes in at number uh, at M2. He has uh, been in my side pretty much all season, and uh, nothing that I saw in the practice match uh, put me off him, so he is going to still sit there. Again, similar round uh, 13 mid-season buy as him. Yep. Another guy who sat on my team all season pretty much is the man of steel himself, Jack Steele. Rocking that fresh fade, different haircut that he had. Uh, Looked good, taking marks. Loved what I saw from him on the week just gone. Uh, And and again, another guy. These these three midfielders, I feel pretty confident in Luke Davis, Uniac, sitting there at M4. I feel pretty solid about these three staying there without anything unforeseen happening. They just feel like they're the greatest price point. The three of them, you could argue all three of them are the top midfielders in their respective teams, all priced below 100. I mean, this is that none of them have early season buys. Like, yeah. just everything's They're, lining up for they them. They really so. fit the bill, don't they? We, we didn't talk much about LDU in our podcast. No, um, I just mean, just gone. What, what did you see from him? He's just kind of cruising 67%. Did his thing. Like, he was, he was clearly to me the first choice midfielder in yep. there. Um, I don't think he really needs to exert himself. He still had some moments where he looked clean and, and yeah. looked like he was doing his thing. So, I think those kind of matches, you're not really watching those types of players. You really just want to see them in the role that you expect them to be in. Yep. They get through it healthy. That's enough for me. Because, yep. um, yeah, it's it's if you see something unexpected like uh, wing time, for example, like a Brayshaw, that you go, oh, okay. Like that. That's something. But, um, yeah, everything else, like these other three, it, it, was, it was all systems go. Yep. Here's where I get a little spicy okay. in my midfield. And I'm going the Nick Martin... The new Nick Dacos. Uh, oh, that makes me sick to yeah, the stomach. So I'm going the, the Nick of 2024. Wash your mouth out. Wash <laughs> your mouth Martin, out. 
who is going to rack it up this season, I believe. And uh, shout out to the Grim Keepers. He is sitting in my keeper league right now that we drafted this season. Got him for a bargain. Is that your name, the Grim yeah, Keepers? The Grim Keepers, the name That's of the league. Yeah, it's a pretty good That's, name. Yeah, good for you, man. Um, so, yes, got him for a bargain. But he's, I, I'm big on him. I, we liked what we saw when we were watching on I the did. weekend, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were both sitting there. And although there wasn't um, too many marks to speak of, he was just... That could be... That could be a good thing if you think about it. Well, like it like, he was just hungry for the footy, wasn't he? And and going from a wing role where he didn't man up to a defensive role where yeah. he's not going to man up yeah. as well could be really, really juicy. You score so, 85 on the wing in like your third season. You move to half back yeah. in a team like that where I think from memory, I can't remember who said this, but uh, I heard somewhere that the... Essendon backline shared like the, they had the highest amount of points shared amongst them. So yep. when he's going to be the guy that I believe is the guy back there, that means there's a fair bit of points that could potentially go his way. So he is sitting there, and I think he can give me the mid nineties score that I think makes it worthwhile selecting him. Round yeah. six, I can flick it back into defence and uh, maybe get Elliot Yo up to a, a premium mid at that point and not run the Gortland anymore. It sounds good. You and I are watching the same thing on the weekend, it appears. Absolutely. Uh, the next player I've got here is a bit of a switch. This was, again, one of the changes I made after watching the practice matches. And I previously had Matt Crouch sitting in this spot, but I've swapped him to Ollie Wines. Now, again... Uh, <laughs> You've got to make public apologies, mate. These I know, guys, I do, because I, I did write him off early in the season. Um, but, look, I... I think he can go mid to high 90s, really. At least crack the 90, and he's priced at 77. So if he cracks 92, that's 15 points of upside. I think he could pretty comfortably do that. If he can go as high as 97, there's 20 points of upside. And he's, you know, he's a Brownlow medalist winner. I know we're not expecting those kind of scores, but the year prior to last year, he had an injured score affected his game. And if you take that out, he was 101 or 102 averaging season. Um, Last year? The year before last year. Okay, so... Yeah, so... Um, it's not that far removed from him being a, a, an averaging... Uh, 100 averaging player. Now, I know the game style and the points dried up a bit at Port Adelaide, but there's a part of me that wonders, is there a bit of a chicken and the egg situation? Like, did their points drop down because some of their players, like a Wines, you know, weren't fit, weren't healthy, and weren't in the right role? Or... Yeah. You know, and is there a potential for a bit of a bounce back? Look, it can't get any worse, I don't think, in terms of because they're the, they were the last team in the league for fantasy scoring. So I think that there's plenty of upside there for Wines, and he sits there right now. The role did did look great. Yep. The thing that I'm just struggling with is is in those seasons where he obviously won the Brownlow and then the season, two seasons ago, like, he was... He was the guy. He was the guy, yeah. and he's not the guy anymore. Like, no. I think... It, well, to be fair, the... the the 2022 season, that was when Rosie burst onto the scene. Um, and he played midfield for the majority of that year. It was Butters a, was there early. Remember when we had him and then yeah. he was sick? And I think that was at a transition point. This is now, and, and I, I think I'd probably even it? speak for Port Adelaide, play, Port Adelaide fans when I'd say, like, Butters and Rosie are the guys. So I just, I'm still a little hesitant on it. I, I don't know if I'm a little bit jaded because I haven't played fantasy where Ollie Wines has been a, a yeah. top-scoring guy. Was what it, do you... Was it, oh, sorry, sorry, just quickly on Ollie yeah. Wines. Was he the, the nausea game? Remember where he, he sick yeah. at half time and yeah. then they were getting belted and... There was a bit of nausea going around. Yeah, I think I think that was the, the 36 or whatever that's priced into that season. Making so. fantasy coaches nauseous, I think, as well. What, what yeah. do you... Do you like him at this price point? You said, let's say, 15 to 20 points of upside if yeah. it goes well. 
What about dropping down a price bracket and finding a guy that has that similar upside and spending the cash elsewhere? I find it tough to do in the midfield because even if you drop down and they go 25 to 30, you're still, you're still a fair way away from those top-line guys. Okay. Um, whereas the, the breakout players in the forward line, the defender line, you're a little bit closer to the top. So... There is a play like with you know, Warple was an example last year, yeah. and, and and it worked out fine. I just the way I structure my team up, I find I've got enough money usually to kind of okay. get to this price range, and and if I can, I usually will. Um, in that case, I guess it's something that's interesting as well. And and my team's a little bit different, but now that I'm sort of talking about it with you as well, it, it kind of um, provides you a good opportunity to do what we were talking about with Mini Monk the other day, which is pivot. So yeah. like if you go to that cheaper price price bracket, and then a guy like Holly Wines pops, you've got to find cash to get I to do, him. Yeah. Whereas if you start with Wines, even if he doesn't pop, but then someone like a Wardlaw or a Hustwaite or someone starts going yeah. bananas, just you can just down. drop down. Yeah. So, and there's I actually think, there's a few guys in this price bracket as well. So say it's not Wines and it is Matt Crouch. Yeah, or Amon. It's, it's he, not that hard for me to yeah. get to them because instead of forking out another 250K, I only have to fork out yeah. 50K. Yeah, I think um, it's a good point. So, so. I do want to maybe... I am sort of shopping around that price tag price bracket like you know Amon like you said Crouch also comes to mind yeah. are the two other guys that I, I do shop around and I've also considered someone like a Giant Newcomb who's a little bit more expensive um, but yeah I just I feel like he's got a bit of an uphill battle just because he's that really awkward price so this is where I start to get my rookies in and of course I've got the the player that we all should have Colby McKercher I've got Riley Sanders there um, so that means I also have um Sharp on my bench. Where is he? Sharp is there. And then to round it out, I have Matty Roberts. Where is he? No. Why have I not typed this in? What's going on? You're looking... Oh, yeah. No, no it's just... Swing. Computer's just lagging. Uh, so, yes, Matty Roberts is sitting there at the uh, position. So, and the reason I also like to go these two defender, uh, two midfield rookies is not necessarily because I don't think Sharp can be a good scoring option, but I also just don't love a lot of the bench options for the the mid uh, the mid rookies. There's a few guys there I'm not too sure about that job security. And even still, like Matt Roberts, I'm not 100% sure on his job security as well. Um, so if I can limit those guys as much as possible, um, I think I will do that by having Sharp on the at M9 rather than on my field at M8. So I am leaning that way. There is still a world if Sharp comes out and absolutely kills it yeah. in the next game that I do shuffle things around and, and move him on field and Maybe it is at the expense of someone like an Ollie Wines, but this is how I'm structuring up at the moment. How does your team differ? Um, I certainly agree on in the sense of the two um, genuine rookies in McKercher and Sanders as being my um, M8 and M7. I think that kind of hasn't changed for me. I, I don't feel super confident with going with the yep. third one. Um, in terms of diff- I'm differing at M1. Okay, so, so who you got? We got so Brayshaw out. Was I've he got, in before and then you booted him out after seeing that game? He and Laird have been tangoing okay. at M1. So I've got Laird in there at the moment. Um, yep. I just, I'm hoping that... Uh, the Gold that, Coast round one matchup doesn't... Hot weather well, up it's, here. It's a night game, isn't it? Am I right in saying? Yeah. Yeah, slippery and it's tackling, mate. He's gonna be yeah. Just it will be very cuddling. moist. <laughs> It'll he's be gonna, very he's moist. He's gonna need an Omo bath after yes. that, mate. He's gonna be so bloody moist. But um, <laughs> he's he's in there at M one at the moment. So, but like I said, they've been tangoing there. Then I go same three blokes. We've got a bit of group think going on there with Butters, Steel, and LDU. And then yep. I have Nick Martin based on oh, what we saw okay. on the you weekend. Same the same this, thing. This next position for me is one that I 
I don't think I've been able to be happy with almost right. all season. So I've had Wardlaw in there. I'm not fully convinced. Okay, I've had um, Crouch in there. Yep. I'm not fully convinced. At the moment, I've just gone with something that I liked the look of on the weekend. I've put Henry Husswaite in there. Ooh. So this, this will cop a lot of backlash. Oh, this guy's, you know, reactionary. It's just a match sim. Oh, 100%. bloody cheap. I'd say 100% that it's a match sim. I completely understand that. But I thought, hey... I liked what I saw on the weekend, so... Well, it's the exact same price, essentially, as uh, uh, McKenzie. Now, I know McKenzie's got the forward status, but you would argue that he actually probably looked better and had a better role. This is the interesting thing. I think, so, something like this could be temporarily just like a a very... Sorry, could be a temporary play with Will Day being out for three or four weeks. Um, This is is something that's sitting here now, but could change, of course, what given what we see um, next weekend with that yep. Hawthorne midfield mix. But if a guy that's 429K is going to be a 60 to 80% CBA guy oh, yeah. and go at around that 90 to 100... Absolutely. You'd, but you'd be silly to not at least look at fantastic. it. Fantastic. Obviously, all things considered as well is what you and I were just discussing about the fact that the pivoting options then becomes yep. a little bit spicy. So yep. given that discussion we just had, that's got me reflecting as well. And, okay, well, is this the best... Um, choice from like a, a pivot perspective and maybe the answer is no as well so some things to think about I think for for me yeah it, I mean it is a very interesting spot and, and it might even come into like okay well looking at Sharp and, and maybe it might be a fact that you ditch him for a cheaper rookie and move Sharp on field and then pay up somewhere else in, in your team but it, it is it is definitely a, a a pivot point I think for a lot of teams this season and uh, yeah. yeah I think it's a it's I think good, at the end point. of the day, we just need to hust, wait, and see. So. Hust, wait, and see. Double double use of the pun there, mate. I love it. Love it. Recycling. Uh, <laughs> who did I have in there? Ollie Wines. Let's put him back in there. Uh, we'll get the superior team back up on the field. Um, so let's go <laughs> into my ruck line. I believe this was different with my last team reveal. I still yep. have the man himself. Where is he? Where is the big Maxi Gorn? He's sitting there at R1. And at R2, I've got the man of mystery, the masked... <laughs> Masked man himself, Tristan Cherry. Here he is. <laughs> uh, so he's sitting there at R2 and at R3. I have a basement price rookie um, in... Is it Harry Barnett? Yeah, Harry Barnett is sitting there as my... Uh, <laughs> you don't even know. Is it Harry? Harry, yeah. The, the Eagles rock. He'll do. Yeah, he's there because he will not play. <laughs> and he plays a lot of plays a lot of Sunday games. So he'll be able to loop for me. <laughs> he and he's got play. forward status. So, But I've got the Gaunt-Cherry combo... I think um, some people will, you know, you've got to have Grundy. You've got to have Grundy. He's the obvious pick of the season. Get him in there. But, and I, I You hate might, listening to people. I, so. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> but I might have him. I might have him at the start of the season. It will depend on that first opening round score yeah. uh, and his, obviously, how he looks. But so far, I just think that I prefer having the, the Gorn option who, in this team, when I've only really got Brayshaw as my big captain option, I would... After Brayshaw, feel the most confident putting a VCC on Max in this team. Um, whereas if that if Max was Grundy, I wouldn't feel that way, and I'd probably have to rely on picking one of these other mids as another VCC if if Brayshaw flops or anything like that. Um, so I just like having Max there. He's got a one sixty ceiling, man. Like, and we saw that last year. Like literally the first game where Grundy got sent down to the Magoos. Yeah. 160. He reminded us um, all, didn't he? So, and, and I think that Tristan Jerry is just a bit more value, doesn't have the early buy, and going cheaper allows me to do some more things with the rest of my team. Yeah, definitely. Now, I... Every part of me wants to pick Cherry, but in the interest of also making this 
an interesting discussion. I've got Grundy in there at the moment okay. for, for that reason, but also for the reason that I've been big, um, you know, talking to you and even talking on the podcast about wanting to be almost as vanilla as I can to start the year. Um, I know picking someone like Henry Huswade at um, M6 <laughs> probably doesn't suggest that, but there, to me, I learned last year and obviously a lot of very intelligent people say this frequently that it's, it's a trading game Absolutely. and I kind of, yeah. I want to, make it a trading game so that when I look back at the season, I either go, yep, yeah, I did well because I made good trades or I fucked it up because I made poor <laughs> trades. I don't, okay. I don't want to, well, I don't want to start the year like I did last year. Yeah, where no, no, no. I'm, it's I'm a horrible feeling trying to claw your way back. Exactly, because I felt like, oh, maybe I would have been in with a chance if I didn't start with, the, well, you know, obviously, train wreck, yeah. with Cherry, with Kelly, these guys yeah. that were lowly owned and then ended up getting injured. So, yeah. That, for me, is is a pull towards Grundy. Um, oh, don't get me wrong. I am shit scared to go against Grundy. If if I do go that way, it, it yeah. terrifies me because... It's not as scary when you've got something that someone that you think is really solid value that's like the thing, Cherry. Like, yeah. But then not, that's what we thought last yeah. year, the injury you can't true, predict. True, true, so. true. So, I mean, that, that's all luck at the end of the day, but it, yeah. it is... It is scary going up against a guy who's basically seventy percent owned across the competition. His value, he's been a hundred and twenty player before, um, so <laughs> you can talk yourself into it quite easily. You'll either look like a genius, oh yeah, we'll either or a <laughs> bunch of wankers. <laughs> you fucking look like rock stars, huh? And now we are a fucking bunch of wankers. Yeah, bunch of fucking clowns here. Bunch of fucking clowns. Thank that could you, be Gunter. Formula uh, One. Formula uh, One. Drive to survive. Season six out now. Yeah, they're not sponsoring the the podcast, but yeah, go check it out. Are they not sponsoring the podcast? They should. Bloody hell, those bastards. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) starting at uh, the forward line, uh, I had this guy before he played, but it just cemented him in You don't have to justify it, mate. It's all right. I heard those comments from Dimmer, and I said, Uh, But Sam Flanders, to me, is in there at F1. I... Look, I, before I thought he was going to be the, the F1, I thought he was going to average the most this season. I absolutely think that now, yeah. uh, based on what I saw and the rotation that Gold Coast had and how you know few players they had go through there and how he was so high up the pecking order. Like, I think he's going to be a 60-plus percent CBA averaging player. Yeah. Um, and in that role, I pretty comfortably see him going at least 97 at a very you know conservative projection, probably more likely 100-plus. Um, so for me, I'm just going to put him in there, ask questions later. At F2, I have the fish. He's just, uh, he's just chilling there. Still waiting for his, uh, full see, uh, full game time in the next practice match. But, yeah. um, yeah, just, just trying to keep a lid on it and hope that he can get through that. And, uh, and he'll have hooked me in. Absolutely. Um, no. and, uh, no, no. No, all right, move on. Uh, so he's sitting there. But this is where I start to get real cheap, okay? So this is where I've saved a bit of money. I've got Cam McKenzie sitting there at F4. Thanks for my thorough notes. Yes, your thorough notes got me across the line here and uh, replaced the Connor McDonald, which used to be in my team. He's no longer going to be there. So he's there at F4. And this is where I probably am going to cost myself some points, but I hopefully have made it up at other parts of the ground because at F4... I actually have Harley Reid, who is the 300k player at F5. I've got Charlie Lazaro. And at F6, I have Caleb Windsor. So I've gone with a three-rookie forward line um, sitting there. Uh, there was times where um, someone like a Finlay McRae was in this, but 
going him meant that I had to go some really dirt cheap basement price rookies on my bench, and I've just kept a little bit of cash just to have on my bench to give myself that little bit more flexibility based on the next few weeks of... Uh, it's always a dangerous game, yeah. when you, but it's so tempting, isn't it? Yeah, and, and if I ask myself, like, Windsor, Lazaro, McRae, like, I actually don't know how different their scoring is going to be. Yeah. Um, and it's not much, but that 30k was the difference in some rookies that I'm more confident in on my bench than other ones who are basement price. So that's how my field finishes up. Um, one basement price guy I do have, which I did like the look of him, was Hugo Garcia from the Saints, and also his teammate Darcy Wilson uh, from the St. Kilda team there as well. And then I've got the last player on the utility. What's his name? Where is he? That's not a forward. That's why he's not coming up. In Jai Clark. He is going to be sitting there in my utility, which gives me 41k left over. So if I do need to maybe swap a Brayshaw out to someone like a Dawson, I have the cash to do that. Um, or if I you know, need to slightly go up somewhere on my yep. bench, I have a bit of flexibility to do that. So this is how the forward line structures up. What are your thoughts on having the three rookies there? Does it make you feel a little bit sick? <laughs> Does it make you feel sick? Um, no, I think there's some some decent rookies that we have the opportunity to go to there. It'll be interesting to watch them over the, the coming weeks. We also know that the forward line is probably an area where we're going to be forced to speculate a little bit yep. um, this year, so I don't mind the the idea of saving a little bit of cash down there to yep. get some uh, players that were a little bit hot on in the other lines. So I think there's some scenarios where I also have the three rookies on yep. the field. And whether that be three rookies or whether the the sexual tiger jumps in there. <laughs> sexual tiger. Pouncing, oh, wow. pouncing off halfback there. I was going to say the sexual son, but that the doesn't s- sound any, wor- any better, does it? Sexual son. Uh, <laughs> Wrong kind of son. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think. What, the sex pistol, sorry. The sex pistol. That's I went the name, sexual mate? tiger. It's the sex pistol, sorry. Yeah. Shooting his love gun off halfback. Absolutely. It sounds like a bloody porno, mate. We try to get rid of the porn in this podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he is someone that I'd love to have in there. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know where I would make the sacrifice to get one of these guys up to him um, with the extra 100k that I'd probably need or 60k if I you know use my 40k on the bench I yeah I kind of like the rest of the team maybe it is a Daniel Curtin if he's not there and if I go down to someone like a pink if we don't have any other options maybe that might be the case I can do that but uh, we'll see how it goes but that's kind of how the team is sitting right now what about your forward line how does it differ to mine the forward line for me is it change, it's actually changing as we speak here. Oh, on the <laughs> fly. No, I'm not, I'm not in the slightest happy with it. But I, I'm really interested. I'll, I'll tell you who I've got, and then we'll talk about a couple okay. of things. So, so Flanders, is he, is he, is he an F1 for you? I've got Flanders in there at the moment. Yep. So whether that stays or not, I'm not sure. If he didn't have the buy, then for me, it's just... It's a lock. It's a late amateur. You put him yeah. in there. But I've got him there at the moment. Then I've got Fisher, followed by James Jordan, perhaps stocks okay. up a little bit with the news that we got today. I'll get rid of uh, some players so I can you afford just me, some guys. Is it Luke Parker? That's yeah, Luke Parker, uh, broken arm. So his so chances for round one are very... They're looking pretty slim right now. Mm. Okay, so he's sitting there at F... What's that, F3 for F3. you? F3. So then just batting a little bit deeper with McKenzie at F4. Ooh, and then okay, yep. McCra- either, so I've got McRae, Reed, Lazaro on the bench. And then the best two of those three would be the fieldable options in this scenario. Right. So... The interesting thing is that I wanted to discuss was, again, and it's been ringing in my head when we had Mini Monk on, is the ability to pivot here. Right. So, 
Flanders for me is gives you that gives me the ability to pivot. To like down if, if you, you don't or... if you don't start with Flanders and you start with like Fisher, it go really and he's your F one and he's your F one. If you need to get Flanders in, there needs to be cash generated yep. there. So I, I think most of us, despite the round three buyer, are like a feeling as though Flanders is going to be a guy that you need to have in your forward line. Oh, I think be... so. I mean, he's going to be top six. So I just don't want to get left in a world where, for some reason, we need to bring Flanders in. Um, you know, maybe it's coming off his buy, and then chaos strikes, and there's no way to get up to him, yeah, and no then suddenly yeah. it's the following week, and hang on, something else needs to be addressed. Yeah, yeah. so that's that, my concern too. It scares me a little bit. Um, and then the thing with having going a little bit deeper, let's say it's Fisher, Jordan, or McKenzie, or in that same price bracket, you've got guys like Fife, you've got guys like Powell, or in all around that price bracket. The thing in my mind, batting a little bit deeper with those guys, is that then you have the ability to pivot to the other one if that one that you pick doesn't yeah. go off. Whereas if you have the three rookies, again, like cash needs to be generated to yeah. um, to go to them. So I'm not sure if that's the right answer. It's a little bit sort of different to what uh, what you've got there and uh, well, I'm sure it'll change I mean, again. If we compare this to your midfield, so you've got the, the Henry Huss weight there, which yep. again, we talked about I have gone to Ollie Wines and that ability to pivot around the midfield. Yeah. I've sacrificed a little bit more ability to pivot in the forward line for that ability. So it's yeah. it's the same kind of thinking, just in different lines. Do you know what I mean? So it's, uh, I guess, where do you feel the most confidence in the player you're putting in there in the first place? Yeah. And where are you also confident in at least someone around their price point popping off? Because then by choosing that player in that price tag in that area, you're at least going to have the option to jump on them without too much fuss. And I think, like, full disclosure, after having this discussion, I I probably think you've got it the right way around because there are more options around that lower price bracket in the forward line that you can pivot to, whereas, for example, I've got a guy like Husswaite currently at M6. If it goes wrong, it's... You probably... It's hard to... Yeah, it's hard to get up. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... That's the whole reason. Whereas we, I could, I could maybe get the funds to get a Lazaro to a Sexton if he if he pops something if like that's, that. If that's the play I need yeah. to go, or so I or, think that's like, like that. that's the benefit of like why we wanted to do this podcast yeah, is have discussions like this so that you know people can be thinking about similar things. So hopefully um, that back and forth between us yeah. helps people make up their minds as well. Yeah, it's a big part of obviously what we're doing right now in the preseason and uh, making sure that we um, we have the structures down because the structure is all. It's all what it's about right now and yeah. getting that foresight and, and having those contingency plans as well because round zero is going to come and hit like a truck and we're all going to be scrambling and we're going to have four days of panic. So, um, yeah, I think that is very important. So let me know down in the comment section below, guys, what are your thoughts on our team and hit that big old subscribe and thumbs up button while you are there. Reminder, if you haven't hit that subscribe button, do so. Get in before that 2K and uh, help us get there. And again, hit the description link uh, in the show notes, if you're listening on podcast, to go over to our YouTube page, that landing page for that round zero, or round one, sorry, live show. Let's get as many likes as we can. We're going to make it a massive show. Uh, it'll be lots and lots of fun. So anything to, to add before we sign off here, Luke? No, mate. That was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, five-star rating and reviews over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let's get to 100 on Apple Podcasts and 200 reviews on Spotify. That'd be awesome. Legends, if you haven't done that, go do that now. And we will see you guys next time with more preseason content. See you later. Bye.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.